Cards are getting a little bit ugly out there. Give them, give them all a cookie and make them settle down. We just had the best opening to this podcast ever, and I hadn't hit record yet. Oh, God. Snoozy lose. I am so rattled, and we're only three days into 2019, and this year's a write-off. That's it. We'll be back for 2020. Thank you for tuning into the Winged Wheel podcast. Don't, don't forget to support us <laughs> on our website, www.reddit.com. That's all. Thank you. Welcome back to the Winged Wheel podcast. <laughs> Is it 2020 already? Oh, God. Uh, Time yeah. flies. Christ, am I 40 yet? You're, are you not? I mean... You're maybe. 31. I stopped counting a while ago. Um, Evan, did we have a deal... With Evan, because we said every time that Evan is here, he's starting the episode. You said was, it was for 2018. I don't. That doesn't yep. sound like something we'd say. Yes, it does. I'm more of an in perpetuity kind of guy, you know. <laughs> I'm all about commitment. In some ways. So we were about to start recording, and just out of habit, because Evan's here, I just literally go, "All right, let's get going." Evan, you ready? And Evan responded with. I'm not telling you. You can't say it. It's not yeah. free. It's not. Oh. You can't. I don't just do free. You can't. We don't bits. manufacture the moment. We're organic. It will like this nice Mill Street organic. Proud sponsor of not this podcast. Mill Street organic. If you buy it, nothing will happen to this podcast. <laughs> Use promo code MeUndies for no percent off. I'm I'm Are one we of the a real podcast until unless we're sponsored by them. I honestly kind of want to reach out to them. <laughs> But I'm afraid the answer will just be an immediate yes. <laughs> and then where's the chase, you know? I would. Uh, I, there's almost no company I won't sponsor on here. I have no shame at all. We say all the time that we're very particular about the <laughs> <laughs> And we are. I don't know why you would say that. Brad has sold out. I I am ready to sell out. I would, I would sell all of you out for like a half a bag of peanuts. Yeah, this is what uh, fatherhood does to a man. Listen, man, I got to feed that kid somehow, okay? <laughs> she's feisty, that one. And getting big, fast. Yeah, she's getting tall. She's going to be a tall kid. She's a very tall kid. She got that from Crystal. Funny story about that after the podcast. Um, but <laughs> Funny story right now. Brad is actually four foot nine. in case you didn't know. Yes. Yeah, he's actually, uh, he qualifies for a car seat. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Winged Wheel Podcast. I'm Ryan Hanna. I'm Brad Crisco. I'm Evan. I'm so tired. It's a weeknight. I never come to these episodes. <laughs> Ever. You have forced me here. We didn't. Actually, I don't know what got into you. Really. I was in my pajamas. Uh, this is a midweek <laughs> episode, and we have a ton to talk about. The World Juniors have been st- storied, for sure, depending on what country you're from. Uh, Detroit has been... Detroit. Uh, the All-Star Game, surprisingly, has controversial picks, but... More controversial than other years? Definitely. We'll talk about it more. Uh, and the Oilers, in a huge change of pace, uh, did Edmonton Oilers things. So a lot of negatively oriented. All of this news is negatively oriented. Oh, wow. This is fun. So I got to start with the positives. Because mm-hmm. that's what I promised I would do. Wait, I said that for 2018, or did I say that for this season? I feel like you I said, said it for- season. Shit. Okay, um... So we would, um, I'm trying to figure out a positive to take a Red Wings spin on this. Malty Setkoff scored a goal in the World Juniors. He did. Which there is we go. A, a Red great Wings great achievement. A Red Wings prospect actually scored a goal 
and the World Juniors. Congratulations to Malti Setkoff. Your team is one loss away from being relegated and not being back in this tournament next year. They lost to Kazakhstan 4-3. That was the game Setkoff scored in. That was the Uh, only game Denmark scored in. Can you imagine what could be more embarrassing than losing that relegation game when your team, that's usually on the bottom end, but still makes... The uh, World Juniors, ooh, would it be being a perennial medalist in the World Juniors and losing in the quarterfinals? At home. At home, when you had previously won 14-0 and then lost in an embarrassing display of hockey saved only by your goalie. Goal differential, man, I'm telling you. Hey, plus, what is it, positive 18 goal differential? Don Cherry went on and ran after. He's like, if hockey gods are a thing, they they will come back and haunt you for running up the score like that. And uh, I'm not a believer in superstition and karma and all that. But maybe you're a little stitious. You're, a little you have stitious. to be a little stitious after that one. Oh, he put yeah. the bad juju on Canada. And I mean, Max Comtois, the guy who was diving all over the place during the tournament, he's the one that misses the penalty shot in overtime. And oh, that doesn't even get. Okay, so let's. How let's, do you not give Frost a shift in overtime? How do you not have anybody but Ma- Maxime Comtois take that penalty shot? Well, when Hitchcock leaves, they've got the perfect coaching candidate lined up. <laughs> Wait, like this? It's this isn't the era of the Taves teams, or the Crosby teams, or or this is that's no more. That's gone. The captain's not the best player anymore. No, it's not. Honestly, and I, I've okay. Let me start by saying this: I am one of Maxime Comtois' biggest critics. I, in a lot of ways. That being said, for those of you who have been online. Just absolutely blasting this kid with insults and threats and all that stuff since he missed that penalty shot. You suck as a human being and you should have the internet taken away from you. Now that that's being said, I don't blame Comtois or any of this. I put Canada's poor tournament at solely at the feet of the coach. Coaching Hunter. for sure. This was this was a poor this oh, it this team reminded me so much of the Red Wings. It was eerie and frustrating. And why do I watch this sport? Anyways, so Canada, this was one of the weaker iterations of Team Canada. I think we can all agree with this, yes? Oh, yeah. Yeah, like that 14 nothing win did a lot to mask it, but yes, in terms of It wasn't of talent, really like a ultra superstar, but we had a lot of strong players. Yeah, that was the thing. It was, it was not a top-heavy team. Like, Canada's top line usually can, at the very least, go pound for pound with every other team's top line, and that very much was not the case this year. But they had depth. Mm-hmm. So that that was a team that in a short tournament ro- being able to roll four lines and the thirteenth forward plays in your favor because you're playing back to back games often and you only ever get one day in between. So having that ability to keep your stars rested, yada yada yada, should have been a ploy. I have never seen a junior team played like deployed like they were a top heavy team like this before. Those top six forwards and top four uh, defensemen for Canada. I swear, just played every other shift. The fourth line barely exists. The third line was used sparingly at best. Um, the bottom three defensemen were just kind of there. And it, it watch the Finland game. Canada gassed. They they were burned out. Finland badly outshot them. And yet somehow, somehow, if not for a poor decision on a penalty shot and the flukiest damn play I've ever seen in a hockey game, Canada would be in the semis right now. Uh, yeah, yeah, Noah Dobson's stick blowing up was heartbreakingly that poorly was, timed. That was a wide open net. Easy, easiest goal Dobson will score this year, and his stick explodes, and Finland literally scores off of that turnover. 
a lot should be said. Uh, Di Pietro had a fantastic game. Both goaltenders oh, had yeah. a wonderful game. And you know what? Good on the Finns. Like, they kept Canada in check. Um, they forced Di Pietro to have a great game to even get to overtime. Um, yeah. Also, their goalie was really good. Uh, lights out. Uko Luka Lukinen. Pekka Lukinen is probably the best kept secret in the NHL prospect system right now. He has been... Lights out for Isn't Sudbury he all year. Vancouver prospect? guy, Buffalo. Buffalo. Di Pietro's Vancouver. Di Pietro's Vancouver. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, and also, in a sad twist of fate, um, Tony Utenen, I'm pretty sure, is a Vancouver prospect. Mm. So he was the guy who scored the overtime goal in Vancouver to knock out Canada. Needless to say, I don't think any Canucks fans are going to be buying his jersey when he makes the bigs. Well, funny. The the semis are a funny group. Like. You'd never discount the Finns. The Finns have actually done extremely well in international tournaments, especially over the last like five years. This tournament, Finland's been a hockey powerhouse the last few years, and because again, it's it's where all good goalies are made. Believe it or not, we've went on rants about this before, and I'll probably go on a rant about this again in the off season. But Canada, the way Hockey Canada runs its minor hockey league programs right now is bad, mm-hmm. and. It's it's not skill focused, and the European countries in the United States they teach kids skill first and systems later, and it's not a coincidence that all the seemingly top and high skill players have been coming in the past few drafts from everywhere but Canada. Not that Canada is devoid of talent. We're just, we're gonna get good players just out of the sheer volume of players we produce. But look at this draft. Capo Caco is an underager. He's been one of the best players for Finland in this tournament. Jack Hughes is an American. Vasily Podkolzin is playing for Russia. That's just this draft. You look at previous drafts. It's not been Canada heavy at the top. Uh, and f- we probably have a lot of new listeners who don't know. Uh, we're Canadian, the three of us, which yes. is why Brad is using we. But we're going to get to America. Don't worry. Um, oh, we got a lot of countries to cover because uh, Sweden. Sweden. Oh, Sweden. Which, well, Switzerland is in the semifinals, which means they beat Sweden. Uh Good on the Swiss. The Swedes in Canada, you know, there's a case to be made that that was going to be the, the gold medal game. The Well, Sweden has not lost a game in the round robin of the World Juniors, I believe, since 2008. Yeah, it's been over. The, it's been the last, yeah, decade, even more, maybe. It, it sounds like that's like a joke. No, they literally have not lost a round I think their winning streak is like 48 games. Yeah. And there's only four games in the round robin, so whatever the math on that works out to be. I think there's something years. like 13 and 16 in elimination games, though. Yeah, F- 14 <laughs> and 15, I see Yeah, that. something yeah. like that. Yeah, so they've got one gold medal to show in that streak. So it's... I, I... <laughs> that would be more frustrating, I think. Than oh, being, definitely. Than being, you know, silver, bronze, some fourth medal finishes and golds. I'd way rather do that than, you know... Clean out the wrong robin and then fall flat. Yeah, that was uh... like Canada a little bit this year. <laughs> Although we didn't really play well after the Denmark game. Canada scored, I think it was what nine or ten goals after that game in four games. That's not great in the juniors. It's two and a half. They played good for like a period against the Swiss, and then that was about it for the rest of the tournament. I thought they had a good game against the Czechs. They played well against the Czechs. Yeah, but the Czechs had a lot of opportunities, yeah. and I thought that game was closer than it looked. Yeah, it was, and to be fair, I actually thought uh, defense and goaltending were Canada's strength in this tournament, and I, I don't actually think Canada's defense played all that bad. I, I think no. they were actually pretty strong. Um, Evan Bouchard, in particular, had a really strong tournament, just they couldn't score when they needed to. But, um, yeah, Sweden, 
Like Sweden, admittedly, this wasn't one of their stronger rosters. Like their defense was insane between Brandstrom and Boakvist and everybody. Their offense was lighter than normal, but still, defense is strength, right? Right? <laughs> Does it? It's nice to see though that the offense offensive teams are the ones succeeding in the World Juniors too. It's not just an aberration happening in the NHL right now. It's kind of an overall trend in hockey, which is a little relieving. It's nice, um, but yeah. The, the checks that have been mentioned uh, fell victim to the United States. Uh, Jack Hughes was back for that game. They won uh, 3-1. to one. Jack Hughes looked... I, I'm kind of excited that he's back and has... A... <laughs> Mika's not. No, Mika's not. Mika's actually quite upset about the Canada loss. Yeah, um, we all are. Watching Jack Hughes in the semifinals and the final, or possibly the finals, will yeah. be really exciting. It's fun, and uh, watching Jack Hughes makes me feel a lot better about Detroit's recent streak, which we'll get to later. Uh, Detroit, or sorry, uh, well, yeah, Detroit's prospect, top prospect right now, Philip Zadina, speaking of the Czechs, uh, went goalless in the tournament. Scored seven last year in seven games, oh, for this year. Yeah. I wasn't on a line with Nikash and Kout this year. He was playing on a line, and I I watched a lot of his games. The two guys he he was playing with are... Hmm. How do I put this politely? Because I don't want to. Can you say their names? Do you know their names? Uh, One of them was like Mahala, and I don't know the other one. But either way, they are. That says it all. They are not world junior caliber hockey players, and it showed because they could not get Zadina the puck. But that being said, Zadina was doing himself no favors trying to get the puck either. And uh, yeah, it showed. I think he finished with what two assists. I think at best. Two no, assists, yeah. Not that he didn't have his chances. He made his plays. He had a couple posts. Again, he had a guy missing, emptying it on the top of the crease. It should have been another easy assist for him. It's. I'm not panicking. It's a small tournament, and he was put in a bad spot on a bad team. But he didn't do a lot to help himself out. Um, there were rumors going into the tournament that he didn't actually want to go. He wanted to stay with Grand Rapids. I don't know how true that is, but... Whatever. It is what it is. I mean, it's not like Joe Valeno and Jared McIsaac were lighting the world on fire or like Multi-Setkov was. So. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I think McIsaac had a strong tournament. Yeah, I think he yeah. and Valeno had strong tournaments in the like minimal ice time they got. Yeah. Which, again, is more of a criticism than on the coach than Valeno. And they'll both be back next year, I think. So, McIsaac will almost certainly back. Um, Valeno will determine because he is eligible for the tournament next year. Depends but he's also the... eligible for Grand Rapids and Detroit. It depends on if Detroit huh. releases their top line center. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know what's funny? You're uh, you laugh. We're one Dylan Larkin injury away from that being a reality next year. So uh, <laughs> it's so true, and I don't want to think about that. I'm, we're going to do Canada for a quick second. Um, this isn't a new sentiment, but it's been a while since we brought it up. Hockey Canada has the same issue that. Uh, the Oilers and actually quite a few Canadian teams have had recently. It's an old boys club. The decision-making for Hockey Canada has usually been questionable at best. I think the reason there wasn't a lot of roster roster controversy this year is because, as Brad mentioned, this wasn't a very talent-heavy team. They didn't have a lot to pick from. This was kind of like all they could pick. Yep. Um, Look at the way this was deployed. The team was deployed, coached, managed. It wasn't who made the team. I had no problems with that because you were really splitting hairs at the bottom of that lineup. But yeah, Max Comtois playing 20-plus minutes a game. Again, he was was the Justin Hablocator of Team Canada. He was the guy who brought the grit and intangibles and the diving, which Hablocator doesn't do. And the coach valued the hell out of that and mistook it for being a top-end skill player. He's not a poor player. Like He's a good player by junior standards. Do not get me wrong, but he's not at the level of a Cody Glass. He's not at the level of a Morgan Frost, a Barrett Hayton, um, 
Owen Tippett, uh, there were Nick Suzuki. Like out of you all just the name five guys who would have. <laughs> so now he's on the third line. <laughs> yeah, and I mean it's it's not it's the same reason that we always dump on Advocator. We don't hate Justin Advocator for what he is. We hate Justin Advocator because of the way Blashill deploys him. It's the same thing with Max Comtois on Team Canada. Max Comtois wouldn't say no to getting the C. Max Comtois is not going to say no to the ice time. He's not going to say no to taking this penalty shot. This is not his fault. But people are blaming him like it's his fault. No. Yeah, it's... like the Four big... goals against the, the Danes. Yeah, sure, it was nice, but... Threw everyone for a loop. He's playing on a line with Owen Tippett and Cody Glass. I probably get a couple goals on that line. I pulled his stats up, just out of curiosity. How? He has five games played in the Q, four games played in the A, and ten games in the NHL. Yeah, he kept getting demoted this year. But does, that doesn't seem like many games. That's only 19 games. He might have been. He might have had an injury high that I was unaware of. I well, he played know. five games and had seven points in Drummondville. So Joe Valeno had 31 in his last nine God. in Drummondville. Wow. He was born in 1999. That's all we're going to talk oh about. Oh, my God. Joe Valeno was born in 2000. Oh, God. That's bizarre. Jack Hughes is 2001. No. You shut up. No, he wasn't. <laughs> Jack, Jack Hughes was born in 2001? Jack, this upcoming draft is the 2001 class. Don't they? I was in high school, Ryan. Don't they stop at some point? <laughs> don't they say, no, this is too much. Oh, it's May of 2001. He's half, like, it's halfway. I was just. He doesn't even know what Napster is. <laughs> he doesn't know what LimeWire is. Yeah. He doesn't know what Kaza is. Oh, my goodness. May 2001, I was just finishing up grade 9. Ew. I have memories from 2001. I remember things from I that. I barely remember things from that time. I had a graduation plaque on my wall already. <laughs> you graduated? Grade 8, wow. I made it that far. No, shut up. Wow. Oh, Capped wow. out at grade 10 and a half. It was great. <laughs> grade 10 and a half. <laughs> grade 10 and three quarters got really difficult. Oh, it was, it was um, a the semifinals are actually going to be extremely fun. I think with the four teams that are in there, this is probably the, the best matchups you could have made in terms of being competitive. I mean, Switzerland, I, they're a great story, and I'm absolutely rooting for them, but they're not at the level of the other three teams. They need a another miracle to pull this one off because they're playing Finland. Finland's a far superior team, but hey, Switzerland, a great example of what a good coach can do with a mediocre team. Uh, Russia and USA are the other semifinal. I'm going to predict the gold comes out of that game. And uh, we haven't even talked about Russia, who I feel is probably the strongest team left in this tournament. It's because all their players are old. You talk about not being a top-heavy team for Canada. I feel like Russia's the inverse. They have a lot of really good talent. But their top line of uh, Denisenko, Kravtsov, and um, who is the third one on that line? Marchenko? I believe the that line's in the There's real. a name from the past. Holy. Right. Different one. Um, well, maybe not. You never know with Russia. <laughs> <laughs> He's even wearing number 47. What the hell? But, um, yeah, right, that top line's just running a show on everybody they're playing right now. And the U.S.'s strong point is not their defense. So that's going to be a real interesting matchup. That should be one hell of a game, though. That is going to be it's a, gonna be a blast. fast fast hockey game which is you know what i was hoping canada would do but they didn't so uh the to show how petty canadian fans are uh on the official IIHF app you can before each game slide to cheers so you slide this bar in direction of one team or another and it counts like the net number of cheers for a certain team so canada always had the most by like fourteen thousand. for the swiss finland game uh the current favorite is switzerland 
Of course. Which, of course, I'm sure there are more Swiss hockey fans on this app than Finns, right? 100%. But it's just bitter Canadians who are mad that Finland beat them. It is really fun uh, to see teams that beat a powerhouse like Canada like lose their minds in celebration. Like You, you would have thought the Finnish coaches just won the gold medal. They might. They got a shot. Yeah. Well, um, no, they were great. And this isn't to discount the Finns. Like, that was, no one ever thought that was an easy draw for Canada. Um, regardless of the strength of the Canadian team, beating Canada is always the, quote, pardon my pun, the gold standard for most tournaments. You know, you beat Canada, that is, that sends a shock to not only the hockey world, but basically Canada as a country. Canada losing at hockey is tough to swallow, even on the worst of teams we have. Yes, our ego per 60 is really low right yes, now. Yes, very low. All-time low. Yeah. So the, the nice thing um, is once Canada got eliminated and that overtime goal was scored, the third period in the Red Wings game had just started. So it was nice because I could take my mind off it and I could, you know, go watch the third period of the Red Wings game and cheer up. Foolish, Brad. Foolish. Yeah, I regretted all my life decisions that night. Weren't they winning when Th- you turned three nothing by the end of the first? It Two was, nothing. Sorry, it was three three when I turned it on. Uh, uh, so I was texting Adam, who likes to watch the Wings games, not for supportive reasons, for no. sadistic reasons. Yes. Uh, the Red Wings were up two nothing. Was it two? It was two or three nothing. It was the end three of the nothing at the end of the first period. Yeah. Uh, and Adam said, "So do you think they win it?" Obviously, thinking that they blow the lead. And I'm like, "Yeah, usually a team that gives up three goals to the Wings in the first is not having a good night." Um, I was like, I was like, yeah, there's no how, like, there's no way they lose lose it. And then I actually wasn't able to watch a lot of that game, <laughs> and oh my phone was buzzing off the hook. And then I looked at it and I read the text from Adam first, and he just sent like the, uh, I think it was like an emoji, like just a questioning face. And then I looked at the score. I was like, oh my god, how, 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 how? Because generally, when a team gives up three nothing three goals to the in the first period to the Red Wings. They're having a bad night. Do you know who else generally has bad nights? Bad teams. The Red Wings. It was, what, a 2 nothing lead they gave up two days before against Florida? Yeah. Did we start using all of our fourth and third line D pairings? Hey, our fourth line had a goal against Calgary. Wow. I mean, Michael Rasmussen being on the fourth line yeah. kind of thing and him banking one yeah, and off Dela Our lines don't make much sense. Yeah. Dela Rose. Oh. Bill Rose has been all right, but I mean, if he excites you, it's as a inconsequential. Hockey, really, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't. No. The, the The nice thing about the last two games is Detroit's goals, for the most part, by and large, have been very pretty. Vanek scored, I think. Did he? I yeah, he so. did off the faceoff. Oh my god, a faceoff! I'm so happy I couldn't watch that uh. game because when I saw Detroit scored off a faceoff, I'm like, oh my god, the broadcast is gonna be insufferable for the next 45 minutes. It's so funny. That's someone tweeted. They're like, that's our one faceoff win for the year, or that's our one faceoff yeah, well, win I, goal. We, we said an episode like two to three times a year, the the faceoffs will actually directly result in some. The rest of the year, it's inconsequential. There's one of them that they're gonna show on loop for the next 12 months. But um, I honestly think they might do it for seasons ahead. They're gonna use it because they're not gonna <laughs> stop talking about faceoffs, and that's gonna be. They have B-roll now. Yeah, they can now do it when the play isn't happening. Can you imagine <sighs> your team being so bad that the the commentators actually have to fill the airtime with something substantial and engaging because the ice, like the, what's happening on the ice, isn't. 
You know what's funny though? Look, look at Nyquist's goal. That was a beautiful going under the guy's triangle, putting the backhand cool. top corner. Athanasiu scores on a breakaway, then scores on a penalty shot. Darren Helm has an out of body experience and uh, I think actually goes Freaky Friday with All we're missing Andres Athanasiu and scores a goal in his first game back. And he always does that. He comes back and you're like, did he learn how to? Did he, he go to the a world on fire? Dick handling that. guru? Did he go to a, a goal scoring finishing guru? No, he just like he forgets that he has bad hands and he'll do something like that. I guarantee you that's that's going to be gone. It's going to fade away within the next game. It's or like two. he'll chunk a shot in practice and then just go, oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. This, yeah, is, yeah. this is who I am. And then he'll just intentionally not. <sighs> he'll only be fast. Athens, he scored on a, a penalty shot and a breakaway the game before. Uh, did he shoot in the shootout? He did not. Who shot in the shootout, Brad? Nielsen, who hasn't scored in what feels like 10 years in the shootout. Yeah. Nyquist. What move did he try? Did he do the... One of his two moves that never works, which is the only two moves he has. But hey, they took Vanek out of the shootout. That was something. It wasn't Athanasiu that shot. No, it was Larkin. I mean, that's probably the next best choice, but still. Athanasiu, who's... Breakaway percentage in his career is got to be 80%. And now on penalty shots uh, this season is one for one. And I believe he took one shootout attempt this year and uh, scored on it. This is where sample size can be used inversely towards your point. Yes, but if we're talking including breakaways, we go back to his rookie season. He's He's got to be at least 80%. I have absolutely no fathomable reason anymore what is defendable about the coaching decisions on this team? Fun fact, uh, I don't think we talked about it last episode. Someone actually actually put a chart together to tabulate successful versus unsuccessful coaches challenges this oh, season. Yeah. Jeff Blaschel, I don't think was last. Pete DeBoer was last. <laughs> Good old Kitchener boy. Yeah, Jeff Blaschel was second last. Prashanth did these. I believe so, yeah. But he also did a little bit of a deeper hashtag deeper dive. And I think it was... Uh, that Jeff Blashill also had the most, the most number of successful goalie cha- goalie interference challenges. I don't remember one. Wait and again. Wait. Are we talking for the last five years or this season? Because this season I can't remember. One. I sh- I should look that up before I speak to it a little more. But I remember him saying like, unless you really 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 value that timeout, which like whatever. Um, he actually wins the most. He challenges the most by a lot. He knows lot. we're not going to be lot. winning in the last two minutes of the third period, so he just is like, we don't need this timeout. To, to be fair, Sorry, like, timeout or penalty? penalty? Is that a penalty now? Penalty. No, now. For offside. It's penalty if you're wrong on an offside. That's what it is. Yeah, oh, I was confused for right. a second. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. still yeah, just yeah. a timeout on a goalie interference. But um, the thing is, too, that, like to cut in Blast Shield's defense, there has been a couple times where goal was scored and the goalie got bumped a little bit whereas whether or not it was goalie interference it probably was the opportune time to call a timeout because it was fresh off Detroit blowing another two or three goal lead my god I can't get over how many leads this team blows anyways bad teams uh, blow leads Brad it's not not at this rate and it's not like they're blowing one nothing leads every game it's two it's three they give us the optimism and a reason to watch and take it away Brad teams blow Brad teams blow. That it's sounds true. like a really bad party trick. <laughs> well, I don't know what kind of parties you go to. Is it the? Never mind. <laughs> the Red Wings. Um, Let's not put ourselves on a list. They play. Uh, oh, we're already on a few. Nashville on Friday. 
Uh, and then Washington on Sunday. Oh we'll, my god! You'll likely we'll likely have the episode out before the Washington game starts. One touchdown or two touchdowns? <laughs> yeah. Um, before we talk could Alabama beat the Red Wings? Um. Well, I've never seen more physically athletic people become non-physically athletic people when they put skates on. Uh, and happy, but if they ever figure out how to skate, we're screwed. <laughs> in less happy news than the losses, uh, Larkin's point streak is over. 14 games. 14 games. It was fun while it lasted, and I think the Red Wings won three games over that streak. So, you know, thanks for wasting it. Uh, Trevor Daly's out three to five weeks with an injury. It's Would- not, like... Oh, no. This is just getting sad. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's actually really rough. Uh, Witkowski is a regular NHLer, and they called up Lashoff to sit in the press box or like, play five minutes a game. Luke Witkowski is going to play for three weeks straight. Yeah. He's going to play a lot of hockey. Buckle up. My God, this is the darkest timeline. Uh, Mantha is back Friday against Nashville. Helm, obviously, as Brad mentioned, is back. Scored his goal. Yeah, Mantha, they said, is uh, skating on a line with Franz Nielsen and Thomas Vanek because logic. He said he worked on his skating uh while he was hurt, which I don't understand why he had to do if he's going to be playing with Nielsen and Vanek. He's just going to outskate them if he goes any faster. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Larkin and Mantha probably had the best chemistry between two players on this team. So, yeah, of course you split them up. Why would you do that? Let's keep let's keep elite first-line winger Justin Abdelkader up there. Oh, my God. I just want this season to end. The bright side about the World Juniors. I finally figured out the optimistic view. My God, are Jack Hughes, Capo Caco, and Vasily Podkoles in unreal? Caco is probably a lot closer to Hughes than I think people give him credit for. Uh, I thought this was the most runaway race we've seen since McDavid got drafted. Not that he was at McDavid's level; he's at McDavid's level, but it was like Hughes in a tier of his own. But Manny on Twitter is not the only person saying that maybe Caco should go first anymore. A lot of people are. are it's gonna be. I still put Hughes first. Ty go, even worst case scenario, Ty goes to the center. Ty goes to the center. But, yeah, it's not that big a gap. Kako is good. Pot Colson's good. Pot Colson's real good. There's a lot of... This is... It's hard because we always say, like, for example, we thought... And still think that Detroit hit the jackpot. We, they got a top three talent in Zadina. This is another draft that looks like you have a lot of, like... Guys who would go two to six on a lot of years available all the way till six or seven or eight. That's real nice. It's it's the one thing keeping me sane this season. Guess what, guys? Guess who's in last? St. Louis. Guess who is in twenty fifth? Us. Guess who have five games in hand? St. Louis. Yeah, Detroit point uh point percentage adjusted is actually uh, only second last to Chicago. Chicago. Yeah, Chicago's yep. 42 games, 36 points. We're yeah. 42 games, 37 points. Yep. Right now, uh, in the Eastern Conference specifically, Philly is one point back with three games in hand, and Ottawa's two points back with one game in hand. So, How is Ottawa worse than us? How is that they're not. possible? They're not. If, you, if I was a betting man, Ottawa would beat us seven times out of ten. Hey, uh, over the last ten games, there's not a team worse than Detroit in the league. One, six, and three. Oh it's it's honestly just because of the sheer number no, of games. No, Ottawa's two, seven, and one. One, six, and three is worse than two, seven, and one, pal. <laughs> yeah, but they've lost six in a row. <laughs> Ottawa's lost six in a row? No. Oh, Detroit's lost six in a row. Detroit's lost oh, one. Oh, God. This is... No, Detroit's lost one. What? This... Yeah. 
Is the score well, okay, app not up to date? Like, some apps count overtime losses, some yeah, don't. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So just, you're counting overtime losses, you're not. I'm just okay. on the official NHL website, which you'd think would count overtime losses, but they don't. No, because Detroit needs all the goddamn pity points they can it's get. It's all about participation points, boys. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but if you're looking at the NHL website, Detroit is dead last for regulation or overtime wins, are they not? Uh, I've never checked this. It's just an assumption 15. I'm making. Tied with... They have 13. They're tied with oh. Philly. No, we, who has three games oh, yeah, in hand. Yes. Cool. We're dead last in that one. Awesome. This is great. I love life. Oh, my God. But the World Junior has so many good prospects. So much fun. It's great. Jonathan Bergen was showing shade at throwing shade at Sweden, which was fun. I couldn't read the tweet. It was in a different language. But that, <laughs> apparently that's what happened. <laughs> uh, other uh, negative things that aren't Detroit. The Edmonton Oilers. Um, <laughs> they Peter Chiarelli. Edmonton. Peter Chiarelli. There's a... Uh, Things have been coming to a boil just on time, only 14 months too late in Edmonton. And he was really on the hot seat. And we predicted he's going to make some moves that are going to hurt the team further because he does not know how to make good hockey moves. Whenever uh, a general manager goes, ooh, my team is desperate for success, they're underperforming, I'm going to make a move. They have never won a trade in history. I dare you to find one. Kidding. Don't look. It's a waste of your time and mine. Don't even tweet it at me. I don't want to hear about it because you're wrong. Peter Chiarelli is going through his death throes. And his death throes came in... Uh, uh, the form of two trades. First, they traded Chris, the, the recently acquired Chris Weidman, who they got for a six-round pick, which was a great trade in my mind. They traded Chris Weidman and a third for Alex Petrovic from Florida. What? Who's no chump? Didn't uh, they protect him over Marcia so? And yep. Yeah. <laughs> how, how do two teams both catastrophically lose one trade? Holy! Can you say that Petrovic? If you erase this poor year from him, should be a lot better than Weidman. Maybe not a lot, but I could hear your argument. Could you say that Petrovic is right now playing worse than Weidman? Or is playing poor enough where if you're going to trade Weidman for Petrovic, for whatever reason you would make that kind of weird move, you wouldn't add a third-round pick with Weidman? Why are you trying to pick up bottom-pairing defense? Why Why are you making lateral moves? It's just Anyways. Lateral, lateral moves. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you a trivia question here, and I'm gonna give you exactly one guess, and I promise you will get it right. So, have you ever heard of the stat goals above replacement? Yeah. Going by that metric, do you know who the worst defenseman in the NHL is this year? Is it Alex Petrovic? You win! <laughs> oh my god, I won the rest of this beer. You are now the GM of the Edmonton Oilers. Congratulations. I am. I am positive if they gave the three of us $50,000 each, $50,000 of motivation, they're US. saving hundreds of, yes, hundreds of thousands of dollars compared to what they're paying uh, Peter Torelli. I guarantee you we would be barely worse for the first couple months while we learned, like, the administrative, like, ticks and nuances, and then we would be marginally better than Peter Torelli. I, I mean it. I will... I will go a step further. If you paid me $50,000, kept Peter Shirelli as your GM, and my only job in the organization was just to stand behind Shirelli and repeat, don't do that. <laughs> it would improve the team. So, Shirelli makes that trade and thinks, oh, boy, that felt good. You got any more of those bad trades? And then he calls up the Chicago Blackhawks, who he traded for... Uh, Brandon Manning, who is a defenseman, and if you thought, hey, 
Does Brandon Manning sound a lot like the player who destroyed Connor McDavid's collarbone in a really dirty hit? Said it was on purpose. And said it was on purpose. And Connor McDavid called him out and called it the most classiest thing he saw on the ice. And Connor McDavid is literally the cornerstone of hockey. Does that sound like the same guy? Well, lo and behold, your intuition is right. That is the same player. They traded for the player that intentionally injured not only the best player in the world, their best player, their literal franchise. And then they traded for Robin Norell, but Robin Norell is the 57th ranked prospect in the Chicago Blackhawks organization. He was ranked the 57th best prospect in the Blackhawks organization. They probably had to look in the book and find out who that guy was. Uh, I never pronounced his name wrong, but they trade uh, Drake Cagula. Is that right? Cagula. Cagula. Oh, yeah, it was like almost best buds with uh, McDavid. McDavid. They were close. They traded McDavid's best friend for his worst enemy in the NHL. McDavid has the best like thousand yard stare <laughs> during interviews I've ever seen. Him I and Blashill just... could just have a, like a meme off. They were like, "We got, we got McDavid's blessing." First of all, what a or what a stupid petty or not petty pitiful statement that's how you know it's a thing when they have to do that second of all if you know you have to do that that's probably not a good sign oh peter just as a tip if you ask mcdavid you go hey oh i know i know you're not gonna love this um but i really don't want to lose my job i really like hanging out with these guys would it be okay if i traded for brandon manning and McDavid goes, wait, what? And he goes, I just, like, just for a couple months, just for a couple months, and I promise I'll do something else. Uh, I'll kill him or something. I'll trade him away. Just please kind of trade for Brandon Manning. And if McDavid goes, Jesus, yeah, fine, Peter, whatever, that's not his blessing, he's sick of you. <laughs> <laughs> so if we want to look at uh, the hockey end of this, so this is the Edmonton Oilers, the team where Connor, last I checked, Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, and Ryan Nugent Hopkins had combined for 51% of the team's goals this year. That seems low. That seems lower than expected, but then if you put Alex Chase on into it, who has 16 goals, you're probably looking at like 75% of the team's offense. Um, Drake Kajula, who they traded for a replacement level defenseman, uh, was sitting fifth on the team with seven goals. And now that they've traded him, the fifth and sixth place goal scorers on the team are defensemen. Yeah, five yeah. goals will make you a top five scoring forward on the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, wow. right now, um, yeah, right now, six in on the Oilers and goals has three, three goals. That's not good. Uh, not that Edmonton's defense was uh, a bunch of stalwarts and uh, going for Norris trophies here. But that was far from their problem, the biggest problem this season. The fact that only three players can score with any kind of consistency is staggering. And I almost don't even want to include Alex Chason as an offensive driver because he's got 16 goals and four assists. I'm pretty sure this is Adlocator <laughs> syndrome where McDavid's just banking them in off of him. It's hilariously sad in all corners of whatever angle you want to take. It's... oh. How, how does Shirelli still run an NHL team? Cat, the, the Katz family, Daryl Katz is his name. Yep. Uh, Kate's, I think it's pronounced, but whatever, splitting hairs. Is uh, funny that you talk about hairs with his sons. Oh. Yeah. Whoa. He's uh, my favorite part of the draft. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Uh, Kate's is complicit. And is he just as dumb ab- as him? Or as oblivious. Shirelli. 
There's no way he's oblivious. He seems to be like a very in tune with hockey. So he has and even at that there's there's guys between him and the GM. There's yeah. guys who run hockey operations, the president, the CEO, yada yada yada. You would need to be you would need to have 9 goals to be a top 5 scoring forward on the Red Wings, who are a in case you haven't noticed, bad team. That doesn't score a lot of goals. Like, catastrophically bad. They're like 28th or 29th in goals for this year. And you would need literally twice the amount. Yep. Oh, my God. Yep. That's Edmonton. Yep. So, if you think, again, and I mean this wholeheartedly, like, I'm saying it for the jokes and for the memes and all all that, but, like, legitimately, if you're a Red Wings fan and you're going, this is so painful... Realize, being an Edmonton fan. Yeah, realize that even if Ken Holland stays, Detroit is still in a whole other boat compared to where Edmonton. It's probably more frustrating being an Edmonton fan because they're watching the best, second best player they've ever had <laughs> be wasted away. They are literally wasting away the career of the second best player they have ever had, and possibly. Down the road, one of the best players the league has ever seen. And they're just, they're going to be, oh no, my microphone got droopy. <laughs> oh, I mean, it got talk. soft on me. Don't talk about that. Um, That's what happens when you stay up too late on weeknights. Yeah, it's true. Um, they're going to look back and wonder why. And it will be so glaringly obvious. Hmm. It's, it's it, a mystery it, right now. Truly. I would, if, if I had to pick, I'd rather be a Red Wings fan right now. Rather than Edmonton, yeah, because it would be beyond frustrating being a fan of that team. It was funny with the point Ryan made a bit ago about where you'd have to, how many goals you'd have to be to sit fifth on Detroit. So I went and, like I said, six on the Oilers is three goals. So I went, how deep do you have to go down the Red Wings lineup to find three goals? You have to go all the way down to 12th. And this is where it gets great. The three guys who have three goals for the Red Wings are Mike Green. Who's missed who's a played, lot of time with injuries? He's played five games. Jacob Della Rose, uh, he came over late and is playing on the fourth line. And Jonathan Erickson. Jonathan Erickson will be sixth on the Edmonton Oilers in goals right now. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I mean it when I say <laughs> hey, if these are the trades Edmonton are making. Okay, first of all, just as a shot in the dark, you try and chop Erickson just because. See if you can do it. Secondly, like not even that it would bring you like some immense like contract like whatever. Erickson will be gone in however long. Shop uh, Danny DeKaiser as a top pairing defenseman to them because he is on that team and they would have to like imagine what he would give up. Uh, Anything. Nick Jensen might get you. Nick Jensen and a fourth might get you. Yes, he pull you, Yarby, at this point. Yeah, because it's sounding like he's not. A permanent fixture on that team. Friedman, in his thirty-one thoughts, said he his future is very much in question right now. Like, oh my god! How, if you're Ken Holland, are you not shopping Jensen and DeKaiser and literally any defenseman you have to Edmonton right now? We'll retain salary. They, they, can, I don't even think the Chiarelli knows about that part about trades. Oh, that's I true. don't think he knows. You can have Nick Jensen, and we will pay every last dollar of his contract. Just, just take him. Just have him. Give us, give us. It's good. We'll pay both contracts in full. I know under the CBA you're not allowed to do that, but whatever. We'll break it. Batman would go, uh, yeah, I can see why you want. We'll fill your soda machine for a year. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Like how? I, obviously, you don't know what's going on in the background. This isn't an, I'm not chastising Holland as I often do, but truly, I hope he's picking up the phone. If these, And it's 
people are saying Trelli's not done. He's looking to make more moves. Oh my god! Oh, welcome to the de- shop of the Detroit Red Wings, where we have bottom four, bottom six pairing defensemen everywhere, and Dave they must go. His, he's having an okay season by the standards of his bad seasons. So he would, he would actually think I I think he would he sell for a lot. He's an improvement on that decor in Edmonton. We could get Nugent Hopkins in a package for Mike Green. <laughs> I think you're right. I say I have every joke I've made has been fully sarcastic and then immediately when I say it I go but wait. Maybe. <laughs> I think we can give him a signed Nicholas from poster for like a fifth round pick. I honestly believe that if the poster is big enough, I'm talking like three feet by four feet, sign it, that would get Detroit a fifth-round pick. <laughs> a pygmy Nicholas from Brooklyn. You don't even have to ship it priority mail. <laughs> Just get a tracking number, send it however, roll it up in a tube. Man, I, I, I've, oh. been, I've been trying so hard over the last few months to be like objective and like rational with my opinions and not to just throw out blatant insults. But I can't with Peter Shirelli. It's he's it's so bu- he's hard. become a caricature of himself. It's has he done a good trade? How many first overall picks are left on the Oilers? I want to know who's getting traded for replacement level defensemen. So McDavid's going to be gone for Keith Yandel, Taylor and Hall, Ryan Nugent Hopkins will be traded for Danny the Kaiser. Because that's it, right? Because Yakupov and Hall, Hall are, are gone. gone, and that's all. Drysital was eighth. Third, Third overall pick, which uh, means he'll get a bottom pairing defenseman for yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, let me uh, tell you who's got a lot of those. Shirelli will will sometimes. <laughs> oh, you want to know the kicker to all this? Uh, so they traded Strom recently for Spooner. They're shopping Spooner. <laughs> yeah, he was no. trying to include Spooner in these bad trades, no. and they said no. No, come on. He turned Eberly and Hall into almost literally nothing. Oh, no. He turned two of the best wingers in his division into almost literally zero things. To Adam Larson. And that's They're it. physicists who need to study this. Is this how black holes are created? I think so. This is like antimatter. I honestly think this is how wars started. It was about land, though. Uh, believe it or not, uh, Does, is ice considered land? Uh, yes. Alberta is actually a very uh, sunny, tropical place with a lot of warm weather, kind-hearted people um, who aren't upset. There's no seasonal affective disorder. They're wealthy. They're not going through any political or social turmoil, all of that. But because Trelli exists there, it sucks all the light. He's like the, the dementor of NHL GMs. He's why the economy is down in Alberta right now. He truly is. Yeah. He truly is. He's, uh, I honestly think that Edmund fan, Edmonton fans will mutiny. And I'm not talking about mutiny like they'll they'll get they'll put up a billboard and get him fired. I I think they might try to kill him. They're literally building a pirate ship with wheels as we speak. They're laying siege to his office. There <laughs> there's going to be billboards soon. There's there's I can't believe they haven't thrown a jersey on the ice yet. I would almost buy a like a blank jersey, put Shrelly on it and like a negative one and throw it on the ice. Oh, imagine the Twitter Imagine the Twitter interactions on that. Oh, my God. It'd be pleasant and civilized, I'm sure. Although, Euler's Twitter is feisty. Jeff sometimes says something, like, mildly negative about them, and then he just gets attacked relentlessly for weeks. Yeah, that whole fan base has been 
peaked for the last like eight years. Yeah, they're, you, they're on edge. We're three years into this Red Wings hell rabbit hole, and I'm ready to lose my mind. Could you imagine? They've had like three good seasons since the mid 90s, and then they get the four first overall picks and still suck. Yeah, I, there's no way that should be. I'd happening. be running down to the arena with like Molotov cocktails back in like 2013 by now. You're on a list. Oh, yep. I'm on many lists. It's fine. Um, speaking of lists, the list of NHL All-Stars was an interesting speaking one. Speaking of bad and dumb things. I'm going to rattle this off those? for you. Sometimes the fans and sometimes not the well, fans. Well, the fans vote in the captains, which, hey, the fans did not screw up this year. Nope, they did not. Um, the They did vote in Ovechkin, who passed, and it went instead to uh, Crosby after, which, I mean, fair. Um, Fantastic. So the Atlantic Division. Austin Matthews, Jack so, Eichel. Wait, who picks these? The fans pick the captain, the NHL somebody or others. At oh, the so this office. is bound to be wrong. Oh, yeah. And remember, the biggest thing that makes this awful is every team has to have a representative. Which oh, is, yeah, that makes sense. Otherwise known as the Detroit Red Wings rule. I'm going to start. I'm going to call this the Keith Yandel stipulation. Why, Brad? Because I can make it like as bad as the Red Wings are. Look at the goalies in the Atlantic Division this year. I legitimately think Howard should be there. Um, so the list, I'll try this. Austin Matthews, Jack Eichel, Nikita Kucherov, David Pasternak, Steven Stamkos, John Tavares, uh, Thomas Shabbat, Keith Yandel, Jimmy Howard. One of those things is unlike the other. Carey Price. That's the Atlantic Division. I said Carey Price, yes. 2018 Carey Price. Central Division, Nathan McKinnon. Patrick Kane, Ryan O'Reilly, Miko Rantanen, Mark Scheifele, Blake Wheeler, Miro Heiskanen, Roman Yossi, Devin Dubnik, Pekarine. One of those is not like the others. The Metro, Sidney Crosby, Sebastian Ajo, the one on Carolina, Cam Atkinson, Matthew Barzell, Claude Giroux, Taylor Hall, John Carlson, Seth Jones, Braden Holpe, Henrik Lundqvist. That division is bad. Relative. Pacific Division, Connor McDavid, this corpse, Johnny Goudreau, <laughs> Clayton Keller, Joe Pavelski, Elias Pettersson, Brent Burns, Drew Doughty, Eric Carlson, Marc-Andre Fleury, John Gibson. Now, the NHL also has uh, All-Star Last Men Last Men In, presented by Adidas, who doesn't sponsor this podcast. Um, uh, the fans, Adidas, just do it. The, <laughs> <laughs> now they'll never sponsor this podcast. Perfect. Uh, the The fans will vote in the, the last man for each team. Uh for the Atlantic, Patrice Bergeron, Jeff Skinner, Dylan Larkin. How are... Alexander... How, sorry. How is Jeff Skinner not just an all-star? I'm just throwing that well, up. Well, I'll get to two other players. Alexander Barkov, Shea Weber, Mark Stone, Braden Point, and Morgan Riley aren't on the all-star list. And Mitch Marner. Mitch Marner is the biggest omission. Yeah. No, no. Yeah, yeah. Mitch Marner is not even on the last man in list. What? No, Can't you're know. you're lying. Can't even vote for him. You're lying. No. Is there a Mitch writing? Marner, who should be a Hart Trophy candidate. Who is on pace, what did you say, to have the most assists in an NHL season since 2006? Since, like, Thornton got, like, what was it, 102 or something stupid? Oh, my God. He's not even on the last man standing list. Yeah, yeah. Nope. Yeah, crazy, eh? I thought he was just not on the All-Star team, which is egregious enough. Marner. Oh, my God. Marner should be in over both Tavares and Matthews, and I mean that. Oh, yeah. In terms of yes, a hundred percent yes. Like yeah, Matthews has been injured, but like and like that's and he got voted in, which is fine. So give Tavares a spot to Marner, and everybody's happy. 
Yeah, Marner should be in over Tavares. Who's 100%. Host, who's, who's hosting the Ulster game this year? Uh, I know it's not the Islanders, but that would have been great. I can't remember where. San Jose. Which is why they have three representatives. Burns, Pavelski, and who? Couture. No, sorry. Couture is on their last minute in list. It's Carlson, Burns, and Pavelski. Huh. So the Central Division last man in, Jonathan Taves. What? Okay. Gabriel Landeskog, Tyler Sagan, Zach Parisi, Philip Forsberg, Vladimir Tarasenko, Patrick Kane, or Patrick Kane, Patrick Laine, um, Metro, Tuevo Teravainen, Nick Foligno, Kyle, Pal- Kyle Palmieri, Andres Lee, Matt Zuccarello, Yakov uh, Voracek, Chris Letang, Nick Backstrom of Washington, uh, Pacific, Ryan Getzlaff, Oliver Ekman Larson, <laughs> Mark Giordano, who... Mark Giordano and Morgan Riley are the two leading candidates for the Norris Trophy, arguably, and that neither of them are on the team. Um, Leon Dreisaitl, Andre Kopitar, Logan Couture, Brock Besser, Jonathan Marcheseau. Hey, that name sounds familiar. Is that something about Petrovic? Yeah, something like that. Um, so here's my opinion on this, and I, I, I think I've went on this same rant for the last three years, and I'm going to repeat it again. I'm just going to really shorten it up. When it comes down to it, I don't care i didn't watch the all-star game last year i'm not gonna watch it this year i just i don't care as soon as you let the fans vote the credibility of the all-star game does no no longer exist and the fan vote was the most credible part of the all-star game this year (laughs) i like the way they do the fan voting i like just the captains in last man in i actually don't mind last man in john scott was the last all-star game i ever watched though so me too i have three points first of all in years previous when detroit didn't have a rep i was like well that kind of sucks every team should have a rep this year where detroit has jimmy howard i'm like yeah i can see why i don't i would i would argue that there's no all-stars on detroit uh the only with the way it's formatted that it's it's based teams are based by division what goalie it's in division the all stars basically? Yeah. There's no goalie in the Atlantic that deserves it over Jimmy this year. Um, so I'm per- like Detroit would have had a representative no matter what in my mind. My third point, I agree with Brad. It doesn't matter. None of this matters. It doesn't matter. It, who cares? Larkin, like I would, I you guys should go vote D Boss. Vote for D Boss. You can vote ten times a day. Definitely vote him in. Don't feel bad about other players being more deserving. Objectively, there are other players more deserving. I mean, if you look at what was the one stat we were talking about off air before, it was like Corsi relative. Dylan Larkin was just like light years ahead of everybody else in the league. He's just carrying that team like no other player in the 100%. league. 100%. Like, like Dylan Larkin is outperforming my expectations, everyone's expectations. Even the biggest Dylan Larkin fan could not have anticipated him being nearly a point-per-game player this far through the season. And when the team is this... Bad, doing it all himself. Truly disgusting. Um, but there's the the real travesty is the league is robbing us of the McDavid versus Larkin fastest skater competition that everyone has been asking for. I for however many years it was that Larkin won that. I will. uh, I will years ago. I should say. I will immediately care about the All Star game again as soon as the NHL implements Jeff Merrick's idea that Mm -hmm. he talked about on this podcast. I want specialists. I yeah. want McDavid to skate out to center ice to defend his fastest skater crown, and then the lights just, dim, and the smoke, spotlight comes smoke on comes smokes, down, and then you just hear like "Go Grease Lightning" start playing over the speakers, and everybody loses their mind. Athanasiu comes out of the tunnel, it's like Gladiator style. Then another song starts coming. Dylan Larkin comes out of the tunnel, and then another song starts coming. And Chris Kreider comes. Like and I the, want this. And the light goes to Gary Bettman, and everyone looks up, and he gives the thumbs up or thumbs down. <laughs> Um, 
the, the four of the NHL's current top 15 scores. Uh, sixth place, seventh place, twelfth place, and fourteenth place didn't make the All Star game. Marner, Point, Drysaitel, and Monahan. And two of them are not even on the last man in vote. Mitch Marner not being on the last man. Mitch Marner somehow with the insane season he's having and he's only getting better is underrated. He's players be like, no, I don't want to go. This guy's better than me. Yeah, but then they'll get suspended. Yeah, like eventually. So what's the, the problem? <laughs> Uh, Ovechkin's smart. He's like, we get his, the, the Washington's bye, bye week right is after. right after. And so he's, he gets like a ton, like a month off, like two and a half weeks off by taking the one game. You see what's going to happen is hangover is going to actually come into effect yeah, at the, this point. His collective hangover is going to kill yeah. him. <laughs> this is why he's taking it off. He needs to spend like two weeks on, what's that drug that you administered overdoses? Uh, it's, Naloxone? Naloxone, yes. He's just going to be mainlining that for like two weeks now. <laughs> <laughs> that that's the uh, I think that's a brand name. It's not the actual drug, but I, I, there's no point. Look, Mitch Marner right now <laughs> has um, 40 assists. He's on pace right now. He's on pace for 82 assists. Jesus, wow. He has wow, f- and he's almost at 20 goals. 15 goals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's scored seven seconds into the game today. Um, he's behind only Johnny Goudreau, Nathan McKinnon, Connor McDavid, Mika Rantanen, and Nikita, Nikita Kucherov in points. Who's all going to the All Star game? Uh, all of them. Not all of them. All of those guys are. No. Yeah. Landis Cog is voted one. in. Oh, no. or like not the last Cog. man in. No, not no. Landis Cog's not there. It's Goudreau. Oh, you said McKinnon, McDavid, Ranton, and Kucherov. Braden Point, right under him, not going. Leon Draisaitl, right under him, not going. David Pasternak, right under him, not going. Yeah, yeah. Pasternak's Pasternak going. Pasternak's going. You're right. Pasternak, Kane. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyways, I don't care anymore. Let's talk about something else. Well, uh, we're going to get into some quick hits before overtime. <laughs> On my notes for this, I have topic three, all-star, and the sub-note is bad. <laughs> uh, Who watches that? No one. The quick hits. Uh, so uh, the Rangers and the Penguins were playing recently, and there was a guy just giving Crosby some apparently really good chirps while Crosby was in the box. Uh, at the end of the game, uh, a trainer for the Penguins came over and handed the guy a stick. It was signed by Crosby. Like, great chirps. Next you know, time, take it easy on me. The problem is that's going to s- start so many people in the stands just chirping players now. Yeah, I and don't I think would that say was not a problem before. Nine, 98% of the chirps you hear from people in the stands are horrible. It's like watching Minecon cringe compilations. Come on, Abdelkader! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, Brutal. Uh, I don't know if it was true or not, but there was a rumor going around that one of the guys trips to Crosby was Malkin would have had more cups had he had a better supporting yeah, cast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Exactly. That's a good one. Hilarious. That's a good one. Um, we didn't talk about the Winter Classic. Who cares? Chicago played in the Winter Classic. And they lost again because that's what they do. That's all they do now. Oh, and four. Classics. Jonathan Taves tied Henrik Zetterberg uh, for the lead in points in Winter Classics. Jonathan Taves having played uh, 1,012 Winter Classic games at this point. Yes. yes. Um, we'll talk about the next Winter Classic. Uh, it's going to be awarded to Dallas in 2020. It's been confirmed that's not Chicago that they're playing. If the NHL, <laughs> that is the most shocking news. In- if the they're going to pull off the about- blinds and it's like, it is Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> if the NHL wants to be controversial, they should make it Minnesota and make it and put Dallas in the North Stars jerseys. They both oh wear North Stars God. jerseys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about so the the CEO of Dallas, whose name we shouldn't know, but his last name is Lights. I can't remember what his first name is. Jim Miller. Jim Lights. Um, Jim Miller, Miller Lights. Lights. Miller Lights. <laughs> Not sponsors of this podcast. Uh, Lights had those dumb 
comments where he called Sagan and Ben horseshit. Jim Nill came out and said, while I don't condone the language that lights used, the message is correct. They need to be better in the midst of the most unprofessional, asinine, stupid. Don't interfere with your team. You're worse than Jerry Jones, uh, Snyder, every other bad owner in professional sports moment. Do you think, Jim Nill, it might not be best to say, I don't condone that messaging, and then stand up for the players you're supposed to stand up for? Lights is business side. Nil is hockey operations side. You gotta stand up for the guys who, hmm, are your entire franchise? My god, the stupidity. Yeah, maybe they're right. They're not. Maybe they're right. They're really not. But maybe they're right, and that Ben and Sagan are the problem. They're not. That's not the venue for it. That is not the avenue. That's not the medium. That's not the way you deliver the message. Even if he's right, he's not. Don't condone the message, you dipstick. But he doesn't like the swearing. He doesn't like don't no swears. Don't don't, don't swearing. You can't call him horseshit. They are horse poop. No cussing, no cursing, no swears. We don't do that. But they are god freaking awful. Well, God. The sheer stupidity. Would you like me to translate Jim Nill's statement for you? Loosely translated, it roughly means, please don't fire me. You know how you use don't this... fire Jim Nill? By not pissing off your best two players. <laughs> uh, you're, you're not wrong because this is a, a CEO who's crazy. It's not even an owner. A CEO, who, the owner probably said that, mind you. A CEO who's crazy enough to come public with his comments is crazy enough to fire Jim Nill randomly. So 100%. 110%. And uh, to be fair, Jim Nill could, um, even if he, the only way Jim Nill could have saved his job had he disagreed with Jim Lights would have been um, dependent on the inevitable return that he gets for Sagan and Ben in the coming trade. Well, you can pretty much all put put Carlson not going to Dallas at this oh, point. Oh, there's zero chance. He just escaped Melnick. Why would he go back <laughs> no. into another place like that? No. If I'm Jim Nill, I would sit down with the owner and the CEO and go, can't get this guy now. Way to go. He just has a big picture of Eric Carlson. He just takes this red marker and just one big one X. One big X. Like, this is what you've done. He's like, I learned that from Ken Holland. <laughs> like, yep. He's, he's just going to dress up in a Johnny Depp Pirates of the Caribbean costume. He goes, I love great players. I like to pass it. Wave at them as they pass by. <laughs> a Pirates of the Caribbean reference. Wow, that's probably our most abstract one yet. I'm going to try and top that eventually. They're making a new one without Johnny Depp. <laughs> that's like the Dallas Stars trying to play hockey without Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan. It is best if you don't want people to abuse other people on set, though. It's probably for the best. But yeah. what about his tiny dogs? His tiny dogs? Yeah, you didn't hear about the whole controversy with them and taking them to Australia. They were like considered a feral species and almost got put down. <gasps> what kind of dog were they? they little that was a few years ago. Dogs. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, it was a while ago. Anyways. That was the funniest news story I ever read because it was just so absurd. Uh, have you read the news since 2016? No, I have not. <laughs> What's happened? Well, oh, the All-Star game made some bad picks. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we're going to go over to Patreon where all of our patrons get their comments read out for overtime exclusively as our way of saying thank you for your support 
And uh, before we get into it, since everybody's listening to about overtime, uh, one thing we're going to start doing for the Sunday episodes, we're going to continue taking questions from Patreon. We're going to continue taking some questions from Reddit, but also uh, go to Twitter with the hashtag AskWWP, and we will start filtering some questions from Twitter as well for those of you who don't use Reddit. Hashtag AskWWP. Yep. Uh, Antonio says, Happy New Year's, guys. Happy New Year. Oh, yeah. Happy happy first episode of 2019. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 19, the year of Iserman. The year of Iserman. Returning. Uh, in honor of the Winter Classic, describe your dream Winter Classic. Which teams from which era, where are they playing, and what do the jerseys look like? Oh, we can oh, go gosh. any era. Detroit versus Toronto in the big house wearing the exact jerseys they did, but we picked the 0-2 Red Wings and this <laughs> year's Maple Leafs. I was going to pick the 0-2 Maple Leafs because they were like... Literally a couple wins away from playing the Red Wings in the finals. That Actually, year. yeah, that's better. It would have worked. Yeah, um, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think for me the most fun one would be the O2 Red Wings at the Big House versus I don't know the 2011 Maple Leafs. Just pick one of their garbage years and just watch an absolute. They probably shit beat us like one nothing. They probably because the hockey gods the way they go. Yeah, so yeah. way she goes. Dan Bell says, hey guys, hope your Christmas went well and you all had a good new year. Been busy and still two pods behind, but just wanted to say hey. Uh, in Michigan, this week at a friend's lake house uh, and got some Labatt Blue Red Wings cans. Ugh. So stoked. Anywho, wings still suck, but not as sucky as the Blackhawks. Blash Hill sucks. Larkin is a man. Cheers, guys. Cheers, Joke's Dan. on you. We year. almost started as sucky. <laughs> uh, Brandon Taylor says, happy New Year's, everyone. Just a basic hockey question here. What is the best way to learn about other teams' prospects and pipelines? I feel like I have a pretty good knowledge of NHL guys, but keeping up to date with prospects is a bit of a challenge. Keep up the great work. There's a website called Elite Prospects. prospects. Elite Prospects. Um, there's- you can just search for hours. There's if you if you really want to go in depth of guys before they're drafted, um, there's a resource I use that is a lifesaver called Prospect Shifts. Look him up on Twitter. Check out the yeah, website. Yeah, he's great. Uh, honestly, they're Twitter's great. Twitter's a great resource. There's a lot of good prospect writers. Just off the top of my head, you have Corey Pronin of the Athletic, Ryan Kennedy of the Hockey News, friend of the podcast, Ryan Kennedy, Ryan Kennedy, friend of the pod uh, of the Hockey News. Um, and there's more that I'm forgetting, but yeah, look up those guys. They. Uh, tweet stuff all the time they'll put out articles pronman in particular puts out a lot of good like in-depth articles um he did he does a series every year where he literally ranks each team's farm system from 1 to 31 and then explains why and actually drafts out the prospects so even just going back and reading his article i think he put it out on i want to say september or october that one article alone will give you a pretty good idea of where they're at so and of course for runnings prospects you come right here uh, Kaylin Wood says living in Texas has got me pretty excited for the winter classic next year. Any thoughts on who the opponent might be? My guess is St. Louis due to proximity, but man, Vegas would be a cool one. I actually think it'll be Vegas. I've actually heard it's Vegas is a strong possibility and I'm all in for it. Uh, anyway, can't wait to see our third sweater. Assuming the rumors are true. I'm really hoping for the barber pole. Fingers crossed. Fun stuff. What's your favorite 90s band? Doesn't have to be when you were a kid. Like, who do you respect now that you're older? As an example, Oasis was a band I listened to, uh, but now that I'm older, I respect them and their contributions to music far more. Um, similarly, I can see the absolutely outstanding range of Eminem's talent now, even when I'm older. Those are if- both of mine. Oh, yeah. Uh <clears throat> 
even if I don't ever listen to him or really care for his music, he's undeniably a living legend as opposed to when I was younger and just like the curses and Nicky stuff. Cheers, boys, since my message was missed last from last week. Happy New Year and best moving forward. Oh, I'm sorry about that, Kaylin. Um, um, I think the obvious answers here are Spice Girls and Aqua. Oh, man. <laughs> I can't boys. believe you're not wrong. <laughs> uh, the 90s were definitely all about the boy bands and girl bands. Okay, here's the thing. Red Hot Chili Peppers are my uns- unsung. Really? Band. Yeah. Oh, I'm I, the opposite. I love Blink-182. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I hate what's happened to them, but they're, they're my go-to. That being said, we do have to give legitimate consideration here to the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC, because there's not a human being our age or older alive that doesn't sing along with every one of their songs when they come on. Everybody. I know the dance. Like, honestly, we all made fun of them and would admit, no, no, we don't listen to them. We don't listen to them. Now that we're older, we all crank out every single one of their bangers. I'd say Sum 41 uh, aged rather well. They did. Music. Yeah, they didn't oh. go crazy like everyone in, well, all uh, of Blink-182. Uh, we, all know, we all still know the words to Into Deep and Fat Lip. Oh, yes. Nickelback. I don't even need the music what about Ni- to do. Nickelback, uh, everyone hates, but you have to admit. They were, were they su- 90s? I feel like ultra, s- ultra successful. No, I think they came, They were more early 2000s. Yeah, really? I don't think they were. Technically speaking. I trust speaking, Brad because he was much older than us at yeah. that time. Technically speaking, Brad Lincoln died Park. in the 90s. That's yeah. true. Technically speaking, Linkin Park. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Old Linkin yeah. Park. Hybrid Theory is still, hands down, my favorite album. Was of that 99? Uh, that was 99. Uh, Marissa says this question comes from my brother Mike hello Marissa's brother Mike welcome kind of to the winged wheel pod uh, I've ref- I've heard you refer to the Red Wings as a slow team are they actually slow or just lazy with a few exceptions <laughs> I feel like most of the it team doesn't even skate that hard I'd rather us be slow than lazy because uh, lazy is far to worse to me the most obvious example is Abdulkader people call him a grinder which he obviously doesn't do well and I feel like it has as much to do with his laziness as it does his general suckiness oh he couldn't go faster if he tried no honestly honest to god I have a lot of criticisms of Abdulkader I don't think his effort level is one of them I think he's just that yeah. slow Guys like Larkin and Bertuzzi work hard, but I just feel like the team as a whole doesn't play at the kind of intensity they should. You're not wrong, You're but not, they're also slow. They're also tremendously slow. Like, even some of the better players on the wings, like Bertuzzi and Rasmussen, are not good skaters. Like, Mantha's deceptively fast. Helm, Athens, CU, and Larkin, ironically, are among the fastest players in the league. They do not have any good middle-of-the-road skaters. Even Chalosky... As gifted as he is laterally on his skates, he is not a top-end north-to-south skater. It's Neither is Heronic. They're, none of their defense are burners. It's They are probably, with the exception of maybe St. Louis, the slowest team in the NHL. Uh, Advanced Water says, Happy New Year's, Wings fans. My resolution this year is not to complain about teams I like and instead enjoy the games they play. Right now, I'm focusing very hard on Larkin. Oh, boy. Do we have a podcast for you? I am so, so sorry about your timing. But I also am a big fan of Larkin and Athanasiu, especially in the shootouts, when it eventually, hopefully, happens. Uh, John Gordon says, Howdy, boys. Former Michigander, now living in the Big Crab Apple. Wondering if it's just me, or do you guys feel that Rangers fans are particularly prickish? Don't get me wrong, the fans from the aisle are bad, too, but there's just something about Rangers fans that really irks me. In some ways, they remind me of Madison Square Garden itself. Storied and renowned, the team at least, but drab and dusty as all get out. Anyways, curious to hear hear what you guys think. P.S. Is it just me or should Holland think of putting Dilla Rose on the block? What would we get from a conditional I, sixth? There's a there's sure. there, he's a dime a dozen. I, he was on the block. He was on waivers. They picked him up off waivers. <laughs> Jacob Dela Rose is the hockey player equivalent of the color beige. 
I mean, there's just nothing to them. Um, I've, I've been to a New York Rangers game at MSG in a season where they were actually particularly good. I don't like to sum up an entire fan base based on one person, but the guy next to me spent the entire 60 minutes of the game complaining about everything and everybody. And, I Oof. mean, that night the Rangers did get their asses handed to him. Like, I think it was 5-1. That's when you just Predators, sit there in silence and die a little inside. I didn't care who won. I was having a good old time. I saw Rich Kloon score a breakaway goal. It made my wow. trip. No way. Yeah. Where were you when Rich Kloon scored a breakaway goal? Yeah, he yeah, went seriously. he went forehand, backhand, tucked it around Lundqvist. It was beautiful. Wow. And his celebration was even better. He Rich Kloon celebrated like Rich Kloon just scored a breakaway goal. I'd be celebrating too. Uh, Rowan says, Talofa from Samoa, fellas. Elite top liner Darren Helm. That's my hockey contribution for today. A lot of spaces. He tabbed like eight times. It was a big space in the sentence. Cautious and curious about the Wings getting a third jersey because, well, frankly, Adidas slash NHL has been hit and miss so far, and they're still passing off the Adi Zero as an on-ice authentic, which it ain't. Pales in comparison to the old Reebok Edge, CCM, etc. Hopefully it's like when Reebok took over and they'll start selling the proper ones retail soon, though. Um, yeah, there's always that really weird iffy stage when they switch jersey providers. Um, but I've seen the same complaints. Rowan seems to be our resident expert on jerseys, so I'll take yeah. his word for it. I'm just happy with Adidas versus Reeboks that we don't have that awkward cut at the bottom anymore where it's shorter in the sides for whatever reason. The Adidas has it so it's a little longer in the back, but I at least somewhat understand that because players are hunched over most of the time. Doesn't make for a good jersey to just wear, I but still think the collars are near unforgivable. I can't. No, stand I don't. The I don't like the collars at all. Uh, Kyle Wasserberger says, "Hey guys, do you think Ottawa having Matt Duchesne and Mark Stone as possible rentals is clogging or driving down the Nyquist market?" I've heard a bunch of people talking about how Gus is having a career year and is probably our most valuable trade piece. But if I were an opposing GM, I think I'd take a swing, swing at Duchesne or Stone first, right? Hundred uh, percent. Both are younger than Nyquist. Has there been any credible talks as to what Ottawa is planning on doing with those two? Yeah, credible and Ottawa aren't two things that you can. Didn't use. they just wave Tom Pyatt to free up like three hundred k? Yeah, but to be fair, they have been talking extension with Stone and Duchesne. So, which if they're smart, they'll do at literally any money. They have to because Duchesne's low key one of the guys I hope Detroit takes a run at in the summer if he makes it that far because he could probably be had for like eight eight and a half, but he's a point a game centerman, so that would be some nice depth. But um. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I the rumor is they're talking extension. I just, I for the life of me cannot see what the dollar amount would have to be for Duchesne and Stone to want to stay. Like, yeah. look at McDavid in Edmonton right now. He's making twelve and a half million dollars, and he looks like he wants to kill himself every night. So, you know, money. It's true, I guess. Money doesn't buy happiness, and it doesn't buy you a hockey team. But you don't see anyone frowning on a jet ski. No, but you were. But you you're only on get that to jet use it four months a year. In Alberta, that's certainly true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good timing on that signing. Remember when McDavid negotiated his own contract down? And Charlie went, oh, oh yeah, all right. I think that's, that's better. <laughs> and he had to confirm with someone yeah. to make sure. It's like 12.19 is lower than 13.18. Yes. <laughs> what does he actually make? 12 and a half? 12 and a half. Wow. I want to look up that contract. Oh, 12 and a half for eight years. Where are yeah, but wow. you know it's worth it. It kicked in this year. He's got seven and a half years left there. There's no pr- trade protection. Yeah, because <laughs> he would be the easiest person on the planet to trade. Hi, Detroit. We're looking to trade Connor McDavid. You can have our entire roster. Oh, but there wouldn't be trade protection <clears throat> for his uh, RFA years. All yeah, he's he's not eligible for it for a while. So, not that any they. 
anyways. I wonder uh, if they'll protect him in the expansion draft. Maybe. Yeah, maybe, right? Um, with that, that's uh, all the questions we have uh, on this week's episode of the Winged Wheel Podcast. Um, we would like to thank everyone. We would really like to thank um, our Patreon patrons. The the stuff that we talk about doing, we meet every once in a while. Oh, should we tell them the two we've established? The we meet th- we meet every once in a while uh, to talk about different ideas that we have uh, for the podcast. What we want to do for them. This is you like genuinely you have three guys here who this podcast runs off of two things. One, our sh- love for hockey and two, the support of everyone, but truly the patrons. Brad has a daughter. Evan has a cat. I have seasonal affective disorder. <laughs> um, we are and we all have full time jobs like we are maxed out. But this is all possible because of you. Um we have a couple of things, Brad. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So um, I don't have the exact dates in front of me. So Ryan will confirm this. But we are going to, as promised, we're now that it's new year, new us. We're going to start religiously sticking to the, a lot of the things we've promised. So the first thing is we're going to do one live stream a month. All three of us. January 20th. January 20th. And that is the game against the Capitals or Canucks did we decide on? Uh, whatever is on the 20th. Uh, Which was the Canucks, I believe. And I think it's a 4 p.m. game. It's a 4 p.m. Sunday afternoon game. So, yeah, that was why, because we figure most people would be home. People yeah. just chill out, relax. So we're going to do a live stream there. Canucks, 4 p.m. The last weekday episode of every month, because it could be a Wednesday or Thursday. So we'll just say last weekday of episode of every month is going to be a Patreon-exclusive episode. Typically. Almost most of the time. Like, yeah, yeah. It, w- it would take a really weird circumstance for that not to happen. It's not going to be a normal episode. It's going to be covering a topic that you Patreons request, which the benefit for non-Patreons in this one is for the Sunday episode that week, it will be a bit of a bigger episode because we'll be covering the whole week then rather than just the three to four days leading up. But then it does give us an opportunity to dive into some really cool subjects that we wouldn't otherwise normally dive into and the Patreons can request. We will talk, yada, yada, yada. We're still working out the exact format of how we're going to pick what that topic is every month. We pose, it's the it's the two top-level Patreon tiers can pick it. Yeah, and then we pick one out of yeah. what they suggest. Um, also, we are uh, ramping up our social media presence. Um, more posts, more contents for you guys like we promised. Um, so go follow us on Instagram because we've actually started posting there. Um, so keep an eye on that. Uh, we're going to be more active on Twitter. We're going to try and be more active on Facebook, although I think Facebook is the devil. But for those of you that still use it, hey, we're going to try. Um, and if you have anything else you want us to do, let us know. Um, we, we truly do want to get to doing the YouTube videos eventually, but that is the one-time commitment we have not found the time for. YouTube is held up by one thing, and it's the physical space we work in. We're yeah. right now in a half basement, or yeah, basement that is basically just just meeting our needs and it doesn't as you hear me in the vents behind me um and there's not a good lighting for us to do what we want to do we're happy to put out like the way we put out like the pre-show episodes for patrons and the full episodes with like terrible audio quality like that's all fine because you don't need anything spectacular for that but we want to do like steve dangles style like you know the blue room we want a red room but that depends on one of us three buying a property that we can Renovate, renovate and, and also find the time to film edit and post said video like actually the filming of the video is not too bad because for those of you who've seen the video i was in with steve that only took me like 20 minutes to we well, can fire all together like that and steve said he wanted to edit it to do what he wanted so i didn't have to do the editing which was great so it was 20 minutes i'm done yada 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 the editing takes like an hour or two which is what we don't have right now so 
We're going to get more into that. What we're also going to have for patrons is a monthly calendar we're going to be putting out. We're also going to do an apparel sale, so keep an eye out for that. Um, like there's really gonna, soon. I thought we already launched it. No, because we have to. We're going to do It's going to be coupled with a giveaway. There's going to be an apparel giveaway for patrons. Gotcha. Um, Right now, one thing I want you to do, go to at WingedWheelPod on Twitter, follow it. Go to the bio, see those three accounts listed, follow those accounts. Evan is 44 followers away from 1,000. Let's get Evan to 1,000. Let's go. I want, by the end of the year, I want us both, Evan too, I'll be ambitious, all three of us to be at 2,500. Wow. Cool, I'm like you know my read away. Yeah. I can tell you my retweet game is the top percent. You got a of good Twitter. Evan does have a good retweet game. What, what was the one massive story that broke in the summer? Like the Red Wings signed someone. Evan just tweeted like an hour after the fact, <laughs> Red Wings sign whoever. <laughs> and then you go to the trending topic page on Twitter and Evan's one of the top three. Oh, hey, I know. It was so it's annoying. all about your timing. You don't so have to be annoying. the quickest. You're like an hour late. It's it's quality, not quantity. <laughs> like us on Facebook if you want to support us go to patreon if you want to support us in other ways rate on however you get subscribe however you get your podcast rate us on itunes it's huge for us like do the whole thing interact with us on twitter we will see you on sunday best of luck happy year of the octopus happy year of the iserman returning 